Praise the Lord. I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank God that we're here in his presence to enjoy his goodness. And uh, I thank God for the opportunity he's giving me to share the word of God with us on that very, very important topic that you shall be a crown of beauty taken from Isaiah chapter 62, uh, verse 3. You will be a crown of splendor or beauty in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of the Lord your God. Praise the Lord. You know, God has wonderful plans for all of us. And God has loved humanity so much that through Jesus Christ is giving us another chance of enjoying life just as he had intended it to be from the very beginning. And as you can see from Isaiah 62, he's talking of righteousness, he's talking of salvation, and that God is going to deliver us from our enemies. Let us pray as we share in the word. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love for us in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you use me to be a blessing to the brethren and that you quicken your word among us, that, Lord, your word will become life for us. Speak to us this evening. I ask thee through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. God is showing us that he is going to do a mighty work in our lives until our righteousness shines out like the dawn and our salvation like the blazing torch. You know, when we talk of salvation, it is a big thing. For a long time, as a church, we have kept salvation in such a limited way, but we see Jesus Christ opening it up to be dealing with everything in our lives that the enemy had done and God intends to reverse it until he does such a great work and we shine with glory and we become uh, what he's saying, we become a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand. Isaiah spoke about this beginning from Verse chapter 61. Let's go there and we lay foundation on how the Lord is doing this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news. These words that we're reading here were proclaimed by Jesus Christ himself in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. When we see Jesus Christ beginning the ministry of saving mankind, the ministry of delivering us from the hand of the enemy. And it is him who was saying the spirit of the Lord was upon him. The beginning of chapter 4 in Luke, we see that Jesus Christ had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. After he was baptized in the spirit of the Lord, the Bible says 
that the Spirit of God took him into the desert to be tempted by the devil. We see a story where Jesus Christ is resisting the enemy until he overcomes him. And then the Bible tells us that he came from that temptation in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not only filled with the Spirit of the Lord, but he's now functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he stands up and declares that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him to begin to do the ministry that he had come to do for mankind. And so these words are in Isaiah 61, he says, the Spirit is on him to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for captives, and to release from darkness, to release from darkness for the prisoners. Very powerful words. Jesus Christ is giving the story of why he had come into the world. He had come specifically to set us free, to deliver us from the evil one. And he's saying, when you go to uh, Luke chapter 4, that he is coming to open the eyes of the blind, as we have read here. Those who have broken hearts, he has come to restore us. Those who are imprisoned in the powers of darkness, he has come to set us free. So really the plan of Jesus was the total salvation of mankind. And this work is being done in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we allow his spirit to work in us, we will be transformed. And that's what Jesus Christ came to do for the nations. And he says, after the work of transformation, after the work of saving, after the work of rendering it righteous, rendering us righteous, he says he will be able to comfort those who are mourning and to provide those who grieve in Zion freedom, to bestow on them a crown of beauty and not of ashes. The devil had come to destroy us. And all we were experiencing was ashes. He was ruining everything God had intended for us. But Jesus Christ comes that instead of ashes, we will receive a crown of beauty. He will turn around the whole situation in our lives. And so, brethren, there is a need not only to be saved, but to cooperate with our Spirit of God, to cooperate with Jesus that this process of him changing us into a crown of beauty will keep on taking place in our lives. And it's a lifelong process. Jesus Christ dealing with all those things that had defeated us, all those things which were the work of the enemy in our lives. You see him saying that he says, they will be called ox of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of God's splendor. The first thing Jesus wants to deal with as he renders us into a crown of beauty is to give us righteousness. 
that we will be able to overcome sin in our lives and walk righteously before our God. That's a major part of the program of the Lord. And the main purpose of the word of the Lord is that we will read it, obey it, and it will begin to transform us from those people who were defeated by sin into a righteous people. Verse 4 says, they will build ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. The things the enemy had destroyed in our lives, we will have the grace upon our lives to restore them. They will be restored by the Lord. Then that's through Jesus Christ himself. So he is not only coming to save and render us righteous, but he comes that everything the devil has destroyed in your life and my life may be restored. Praise the Lord. They will renew ruins, the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will, be, will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. When you go to chapter, verse 8, he says, For I, the Lord, love justice, and I hate robbery and iniquity. Brethren, this is something very serious that the Lord wants to deal with us, especially in our nations, where there is so much corruption, so much robbery, so much sin, people taking advantage of what they shouldn't take advantage of because it is not theirs. In faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Jesus is saying he's going to make an everlasting covenant with us. A covenant to be our God and that will be his people. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offsprings among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are people that the Lord has blessed. A mighty job that Jesus Christ is intending to do in our lives. These words that we are sharing here come out best from a prophecy that had been given by Jeremiah. And I want us to go and look at Jeremiah's, the book of Jeremiah, uh, beginning from chapter 32. And you see what the Lord, the word of the Lord is saying there. The work that God intends to do in our midst. Jeremiah chapter 32, beginning from verse 38. And this is what the Bible says. They will be my people and I will be their God. A relationship, a special relationship between mankind and God. God wants to be our God. The reason he's saving us, he wants to bring us to himself. Getting us from all the distant places where we are lost. In all the wrong things we are doing. He wants to bring us to himself. That he may be our God. And that we ourselves that we may see him. That we may become his people. They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and actions. So that they will always fear me. For their own good 
and the good of their children. One of the things God desires for each one of us to do is to love him and serve him wholeheartedly. Brethren, the issue of wholehearted devotion to God is very important. God is never satisfied with half-heartedness. He wants wholehearted devotion. And it is him who can help us to love him and serve him and obey him with a singleness of heart. And these are things we must pray for ourselves. That God will touch us in our lives. That everything we do in the kingdom, we do it wholeheartedly. Or with a singleness of heart. So that we may fear the Lord our God for our own good and for the goodness of our children. Praise the Lord. When God chooses to bless a man or a woman for that matter, he is not satisfied by blessing him alone. He wants to bless us and bless our children and our children's children. And so he's saying, this new relationship, when we guard it wholeheartedly, and God is our God, and we serve him wholeheartedly, he will will do us good, us and our children, and our children's children. And he says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them, and I will never stop doing good to them. And I will inspire them to fear me, so that they will never turn away from me. Praise the Lord. This is the work of the Lord himself. God working in our lives, in our hearts, changing us to make us what he wants us to be, restoring our righteousness until we become the beauty, crown of beauty in his hands. The plan is a big one. He says, I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. So when we love the Lord wholeheartedly, when we serve him wholeheartedly, when we allow the spirit of the Lord to work in our lives, God also begins to bless us with all his heart and with all his soul. So it's like we determine the way the Lord will treat us. When we choose to have a wonderful relationship with the Lord, the Lord will have a wonderful relationship with us. Chapter 33, beginning from verse 6, continues to show us the kind of work God will do. And he says, nevertheless, I'll bring healing, health, and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. These are powerful promises. God finding us in our defeat and he heals us. He restores our health. He gives us abundant peace and security. This is what Jesus Christ, that's what brought Jesus Christ on the earth. When he says he came to, uh, to build and establish the kingdom of God on earth, the kingdom of God is seen as all these things are being realized in our lives. 
when we pray and Jesus Christ rescues us and gives us peace and security. Verse 7, he says, I'll bring Judah and Israel, where you see Judah and Israel, put your name. I'll bring them back from captivity and you will rebuild them as they were before. I will cleanse them from all sin they have committed against me and I will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. Brethren, if we are walking in our salvation, the issue of allowing the spirit of the Lord to change us and help us to overcome evil and sin is a very important thing. There is a problem today in the church where many people are confessing salvation. But the fear of the Lord is not in us. And we are not working on our lives to allow the spirit of God change us, transform us, so that we can begin to be righteous before the Lord. Walking with a testimony, we cannot say we are born again and things continue to be as they used to be before we knew Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's why he's saying, put on the fruit of repentance. Let there be some change in your life. And we have no excuse. Because Jesus has the spirit of the Lord to change us. He has given us his word to transform us. The work of us defeating sin and overcoming the sins that have deviled us is not ours. It is the Lord's work. He's willing to help us to change. If you are born again, you remember the day you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He gave you a testimony of some things that you overcame. And that power that transformed you on the day of salvation is able to keep on working in your life every single day so that our salvation can be actualized. And when God speaks of us becoming a crown of beauty, that crown of beauty is realized as God is making us holy, as the glory of God is coming to be noticed in our lives. As people around us begin to see what God has done and they're able to say, surely, this is a child of the Lord. Verse 9 says, This city will bring renown, joy, praise, and honor before all nations on the earth. That here of all the good things I do for it. Praise the Lord. You know, when God begins to do his work in you and you are cooperating, and he transforms you and he begins to bless you, and the people around you begin to notice there is something God is doing in your life. And they begin to be drawn to you. The Bible says, he was telling Israel, that a time will come when people will come from all over and they will be touching themselves on your clothes saying, we want to go with you because we have seen you have the living God. Our testimonies should encourage others to find Jesus. Because they see 
the work he has done, not only of changing us into a righteous people, a holy people, a people revealing the glory of the Lord, that they will see the hand of the Lord beginning to restore the reins. The things that had defeated you beginning to fall into place. And they say we want to know how this has happened. When you see many people who brought a revival, in the, especially in the Old Testament, King Asa is one of my the people I love most. When he brought the nation back to the Lord, the nations around started coming to us and were saying, how did you do it? How have you turned around the kingdom? How come things are working okay for you? And Asa was able to show them that is the working of the Lord himself. So he says, then this city will bring to me renown, joy, and praise and honor before all nations on the earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in hell and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace. I provide for it. So you realize Jesus knows that all the things we are looking for in this world actually begin by us turning to him and beginning to walk in, in righteousness. When you repent of our sins, the things begin to fall in place that many people are looking for. They will become part and parcel of the package of salvation. Praise the Lord. And he says, and the people in verse uh, 12, people will begin to give thanks to the Lord Almighty and saying, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. So brethren, when you go back to Isaiah chapter 62, you will realize that God is on a very serious program. A program of working in our lives so that he can indeed make us a crown of splendor or crown of beauty that is in the Lord's land, hand. A royal diadem in the hand of our God. And he says, no longer will they call you deserted and your name or your, or your name or name your land desolate. But you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beula, for the Lord will delight in you and your land will be married. Praise the Lord. The question is, brethren, are we taking salvation very seriously? When we wake up, what consumes our mind? Are we willing to ask the Lord to do all this work that he's so in, committed to do? Because he says, the zeal of the Lord will do it. God will do it in his power as long as we are willing to cooperate and work with him. Read the word of God and obey it and allow the Holy Spirit to transform us into the things that we see God telling us. Praise the Lord. For me, I thank God because these words bring me, give me a lot of hope. 
They bring hope knowing that those things, the things that pain us most, Jesus is able to deal with them. And that is his program. Let's go there in chapter 4. And you hear it from the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. You hear him declaring those words that, he has, that are in Isaiah chapter 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me, verse 18, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Good news of the coming of the kingdom of God on earth. Where God wants to be our God. Where God wants to restore our relationship with him. And give us finally an opportunity to dwell in his presence forever and ever. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners. You can be set free, brethren. Those things that are bedeviling you, that are defeating you. Jesus Christ has the power to break them out of your life. And that's why he came. Here in chapter 4, he's giving a whole program of what he came to do on the earth, to do in our own lives. Recover of sight to the blind, physical blindness, but also spiritual blindness. That you may be able to see those things that God intends to do in your life and find the way that he intended for you. Praise the Lord. Recover of set to the blood and release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So for me, when I was reading these words, I felt a lot of joy in my life. Thanking Jesus that is at work in me and is at work in you and is at work in the church. If we give him the opportunity. So brethren, be committed to this path we have taken. David says, I thank God because he has revealed to me the hidden path of life. Keep on that hidden path of life. Keep seeking it. Keep looking for it. Every day ask the Lord to work on you. To transform those things that are not yet transformed. So that indeed, when Jesus Christ comes, He'll find us as a wonderful crown of beauty, a crown of splendor. A people who are righteous, a people who are revealing the glory of God to the nations of the world. You know, when you go in Philippians chapter 2, he says a time is coming. A time is coming. When the whole world will be filled with darkness. But the believers will shine out in that earth. Let's read it. And that's my last scripture. Philippians chapter 2 verse 14. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. The truth is the world is becoming a crooked and depraved generation. So much sin is on the increase. 
But he says we can be pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day Christ on, 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 on the day of Christ. It is possible, brethren, as the world becomes dark, as darkness covers the world, if we allow God to do his work in us, we will be able to shine. We will be able to bring light in the midst of the darkness. That's why the Bible says we are salt for this world. We are light for this world. We can continue to raise our banner and shine forth in the midst of the, of the darkness and people will understand that's the church. That's the church. These are people of God who are living by his word. He says we will shine as we hold up the word of life. Praise the Lord. As we hold out the word of life, as we live by it, as we teach it to other people, as we show people that this word of God is true, it can transform us and make us into what God has intended for us to be. Praise the Lord. That's my prayer, that all of us will be mindful of this truth so that God will raise, raise a church that he intended to be. And he says you will come for a church without wrinkles or spot. Praise the Lord. Because we have allowed the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, and for the word of the Lord to have its place in our midst. God bless you. Thank you very much. In a few minutes, we're going to have time and just respond. I want you to close your eyes as part of receiving this message. That scripture said, you shall be the crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. In the, in the hand of the Lord. It's not in the world where you shall have, you know, you shall be the crown of beauty. As, as, as the minister of God was, 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 was ministering, the Lord is reminding me or somebody here not to get out of his hand. And I want you to just pray a simple prayer. First of all, Father, I receive this message. Let it be planted on my heart and let it begin to bear fruit that will last forever. Let the devil not take away this word in my heart. Ask the Lord that you want to be totally dedicated and devoted to him. Ask for hunger that God will plant a hunger in your life to yearn for him. As I'm giving you this, you are praying in your heart. You are praying. Paint that picture. God seated on the throne as Isaiah experienced him. 
and ask him that you need a revelation of what it means to be in the presence of God. As the minister was ministering here, he said people get saved but they no longer have the fear of the Lord. And you see that when Isaiah saw the Lord, he did not remain the same. In the book of Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, when John saw the Lord, the Bible says he fell as dead. He didn't, he didn't remain the same. It's a trembling experience. And in Exodus it says, God came down and the people of Israel saw the Lord. Ask him of that changing experience that has been taken away from people who confess that they are born again. Father, we come before your presence. Ask him that he will, he will give you a hunger and you see, you will experience him practically walking with you. Ask him that the grace to wait on him will overwhelm you in this season waiting on him ask him that prayer ask him that you will be able to wait on God last month I traveled to Lagos and we were in a conference and somebody was giving us a testimony one young lady that went for a prayer meeting as she came back somebody was giving that testimony on her behalf when she came back she met a group of robbers bandits and at that point she began to praise him she began to sing to him to God Almighty this issue of waiting for the Lord is real And I will tarry, I'll not let you go. I will tarry, I'll not let you go. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Holy Spirit, help me know Jesus, Jesus, more than began to sing that song and all of a sudden she was touched, touched on this side and the other and she was lifted and she found herself on the gate of the church where she came from it's a true story as she waited on the Lord tiring in the presence of God she sang that song 
as she as she acknowledged the presence of God in that situation, she found herself in where there were rape, people who would rape her, people who would have killed her. She acknowledged that God, you are here. She was in the hand of the Lord. I want to encourage somebody here, even as we crown up this, as long as you remain in the hand of the Lord, as long as you stay there, all other things will be happening around. It's meditative prayer that we are doing. All other things will be happening around you in your office, but then they shall not affect you. There's a secret to that. It's by recognizing the presence of God, the fear of the Lord. And as she waited, that particular girl, as she sang, as she waited on the Lord, the angels of God carried her away from that place. And she was rescued. She was delivered. Can you just lift up your hand even as we finish? Your right hand, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the grace to wait upon you. Give me the grace to tarry in your presence. Give me a hunger for yourself. Total, wholehearted devotion. That's what he was, he was talking to us. Oh, begin to ask him, even now, loudly now. Ask him for wholehearted devotion. A level where you get to. And no change situation, no chain, no mountain, nothing will move you from that place. The Bible says that for those who trust in the Lord, they are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. That's why you came here. And this is what the Lord is communicating to you in this hour. Father, we are asking that you will change our seasons. We have come already to you. Let transformation begin to take place as we yield to you and obey you. Cause a hunger in our lives. And let your purposes, O oh Lord, be fulfilled in us. Plant us as oaks of righteousness that we may not leave your presence. Come and fill us, O oh Lord, until we overflow, until we reach a place where nothing can shake us anymore. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. So, Lord, we pray for your servant that, Lord, continue to give him the grace. Give him the grace to speak your word. And may he continue to experience these very things. And if anybody is in chains here, break the chains that are holding them. In the name of Jesus, break bondage, break captivity, break every stagnation and break the limitations 
that are holding them not to move forward. And Lord, break the influence of Satan over their lives. The influence of the devil over their work, over their finances. That as others look at them, they shall see beauty, the beauty of serving you. Break the influence of Satan out of their lives. Break the influence of Satan in their homes, in their marriages, in businesses, in a company that they serve. And let the purposes of the Lord be in that place, Lord. And then bring them into alignment with the assignment that you gave them here on earth. Let none of these, your children, wander from east to west. Because your glory is here. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody say amen. Hallelujah.